As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. This week's podcast is brought to you in part by Bill Taylor Enterprises. BTE is a manufacturing, design, and support company that specializes in high-performance automatic transmission assemblies and components for drag racing, off-road, marine, and street performance. With over 50 years of experience in drag racing, BTE has been a trendsetter and innovator, placing themselves and their customers ahead of the pack. In addition, today's podcast is presented by the Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge. Galen and Britt are promoting the 10th annual Moser Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge this September. Stay tuned for more information. everyone and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in Sportsman Drag Racing and the stars within it. This week on What Everyone is Talking About. All right, Luke, what's going on this week? I don't really know what everybody's talking about, Ted. What are you talking about? Well, what I'm talking about is what everyone's talking about, and it was our Facebook posts about just the duck discussion, I guess what we call it. But it <laughs> that was, was about, obviously, you, you know, people call a racer this or that when they're kind of in the way and kind of reached out to the listeners there to see what they had for names and things that these racers get called. And wow, what a response. Yeah, what brought this to mind, like when I used to, when I was a kid, when I would drive to high school, like on my way to high school, there was this little bitty creek that we passed over and it had a, you know, like a big yellow caution sign with the little ducks walking across the road and it said <laughs> duck crossing. And I always threatened that I was going to steal that sign and like put it in my trailer or my dad's trailer at the time, something like that. That was too much of a rule follower to actually do that. 
but I always liked that. You know, that, that was the thing, right? That, for that, I got that duck, right? I got that duck. And it, <laughs> so I thought, well, we'll just reach out to our listeners and be like, so uh, what else can you call the duck? Because over the course of my career, like I've heard some good ones, right? But we had some really, really fun ones from our listeners. And <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll kick the show off here. We'll share some of these. Let me start off by saying there was most everybody that followed this on Facebook, like played along, you know, got it. There were a few posts that like took this way too seriously. You know, like you can't overlook anybody. Like, look, <laughs> we get it, we get it, right? But you know, play play along. No, and this is probably what you call them after you've destroyed them instead of before. <laughs> so, you know, it's much easier to name them after that. <laughs> Personal favorites from you, Jen? Not so much what you saw from the post, but like, what do you call the the first round fodder? Well, uh, I saw Zach Schlump use the the term squirrel, and that's the one I've used a lot. For whatever reason, I probably heard it more growing up. But, you know, when you think about a squirrel just kind of running around out there in the road and don't really know where they want to go, they're back and forth, just kind of goofy looking. It just seems to fit sometimes when (laughs) those racers just don't put it together start to finish you know so squirrel is a is a big one that i like to use so i'm that was one of my favorites got local guy here i used to hang out with a lot that called them cupcakes Uh, i think i've heard that yeah yeah you know my crimson tide gets accused of putting cupcakes on the schedule right Um, so uh, i don't really like it in those terms but i do like it on the racetrack because cupcakes are good and i eat them up so really <laughs> like that keep the, the theme going anything to do with food i was a fan of nick bauman said pancake he had his reasoning for that but you know uh, i understand when you pancake somebody yeah and nick went further into that like if you get a you want a pancake but you don't want a pancake with maple syrup did you follow all that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. okay. <laughs> it was Just good making stuff. Making sure we're on the same page. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, uh, Daddy Britt Cummings uh, had Mop Squeezer. So that's not didn't really kind of fit like a racing failure, but still Mop Squeezers maybe not are the ones that you're fearful of on the racetrack. So I like Mop Squeezer. See, you? I had always heard Mop Squeezer used in the connotation of like, having to race a, a female racer yeah kind of the old throwback of you know the vision of the housewife squeezing the mop at bogacki b-o-g-a-s-k-i yeah no i'm just saying that's what i've heard like that's what i've yeah. always oh, put together it. yeah so i lost at a mop squeezer right you know what i mean <laughs> and you lost to a female competitor is that's the way that i'd always taken that anyway no there were some good ones one personally that i've thrown out there and i think this is like a, a luke original and this has never really been in reference to, uh, or not very often been in reference to an opponent that I've had, but typically like in a points chasing situation, when the person that I'm competing with in points has like a really easy run, they're like, well, he just got the buy. I'm like, no, he, he's got the buy next round. I'm like, I realize that, but he just ran Joe Smith. Like, that's a buy run. <laughs> right? So, and I, I think back. Troy Williams Jr., friend of the podcast, he this is one of his stories. Like this isn't out of Troy's mouth, but which Troy and Gary, they got so many great stories. But he's telling me years ago about racing up somewhere in the Northeast, and uh, he goes red and comes back, and Frank Marks waiting in his trailer, and he's like, Troy, why'd you go red to that guy? He's a joker. Troy's like, oh. <laughs> He's a joker. If I'd have seen it when you got paired up, I'd have walked up to Troy. Don't do nothing stupid. You got a joker. <laughs> so that's a good one, right? Duck, joker, squirrel. Great New York accent, too. I liked it. Thank you. Or I, Northeastern. I, and, and you know something? You know what's even funnier? 
I've never met Frank Mark in my life. I just assume that's what he sounds like. <laughs> I think part of dreaming this up, my dad, of all people, like, okay, think back to the Flintstones. Remember Bam Bam? Oh, yeah. Uh, they just smash everything. That was my dad's thing. He was like, just, oh, I bammed out. Like, ah, oh, I'm such a bam. And that was like, don't be a bam. So I think, <laughs> I don't think he ever did it, but I remember him threatening to airbrush Bam Bam, like on the deck lid of his race car. That was always his thing. Don't be a bam. So <laughs> some of my favorites from the discussion, I like Chris Whitfield said a pylon. I really, I really don't get the correlation, but I like it. Like, uh, the guy's a pylon, right? You mentioned Zach Schlumpf earlier. Trailer trout. Trailer trout. <laughs> okay cool yeah, right okay gordon bovin who had a good weekend up at boise we'll talk uh, about the night fire nationals a little bit later on he said a speed bump yeah, that guy's just a speed bump right like something you just run over carelessly yeah, right your way, yeah and then like i said some took it way too seriously but there were others that said you know like and then this is the the fear and like thinking that you've got a, a duck a joker a pylon a speed bump whatever right yeah is that even the biggest, let's see, cupcake at the racetrack is subject to make a good run at some point. Brittany Zell had the term kamikaze. You know, like they just fly out of midair, dive bomb in, wreck your day. One good <laughs> run, and it just falls apart from there, right? So we've all yeah. had a inside. Along those same lines, I had wild card. I don't even remember who put that. That was a good one. Bungee jumper. I guess it's sort of similar to kamikaze, except sometimes the rope breaks, right? <laughs> And then I always, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but our buddy Andy Anderson, like I've never heard this term anywhere else, but he, as only Andy could, we're racing Huntsville one day and he's like, man, you said that guy's scary to race. So it's a swinging bucket, like a swinging bucket. What do you mean? Swinging bucket. It finds a center every now and then. Sometimes <laughs> they make a good run. It's subject to be anywhere in that range, but sometimes you hit it right in the middle. A swinging bucket. That is what a swinging bucket does. That's good stuff. <laughs> Mark we appreciate all the feedback. Yeah, Mark had some good. Mark, you want to turn your turn your mic on and give us your favorites too? Yeah, I um, I really like Jerry Klein's field filler because that's what I basically feel like this year. Um, <laughs> the uh, scrub. I don't know. I just thought that that was kind of that was kind of cool. And then my favorite. This was probably my favorite was Ramp Biscuit, and I I don't have any idea why. I'd love to hear the story behind Ramp Biscuit. Is what I would like to hear. We talked about this pre-show, and we all agreed we would love to hear the story behind Rant Biscuit from Garvin Lee West and Rodney LaRoque. So, guys, like, feel free. Call the show. We'll have you on. We want to we want to know about Rant Biscuit. That sounds good. Man, it felt good to have producer Mark come in and, and did, give shit. that more often. I love that, Mark. That was a great job, too. And you had some really good choices. Uh, Jed, big show on tap. We got a lot of race results to get to. I mentioned the Nightfire Nationals in Boise. There's an NHRA race in Brainerd. Of course, we had the SFG race up at Dragway 42. We had our race here at I-57, the 5-7. KB put on a race at Greer. Lots and lots to get to just from a result standpoint. We're going to have a little bit of fun. I guess we just did have a little bit of fun. Have a little bit of fun late in the show with this new Racer Confidential series idea that we've got, So, which is basically um, we're just going to tell some stories, and we're going to encourage you guys to share some stories that we can tell later. So we'll get to that. But first, let's kick this thing off with the BTE. Who's hot? He's on fire! 
It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's complete top dragster or top sportsman power glide transmissions, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item. The folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. You can shop online at bteracing.com. Big Jed, this week's BTE Who's Hot has been quite the source of contention here behind the scenes. Yeah, it's extremely difficult. So you get we get caught up, Luke, in uh, like this guy's done this over a two or three week, four week period. This guy did this over a two or three, four day period. And you think about the money, but that really doesn't matter because this is not who's getting paid. This is who's hot. So I think we've got a great choice this week. Yeah, it's so hard to quantify, and particularly on a week like this, because there's literally half a dozen racers whose performances over the course of the last, whether it be the last weekend or the last month, stand out. And I don't think you could go wrong with any of them, but I, I agree, just looking at what this particular driver did over the course of four days at one of the biggest and most prestigious events in the country, one of the longest running this week's PT Who's Hot is going to go to Brandon Umberger. Brandon, I believe Colorado-based, is that right? Yes, sir. Colorado-based bottom ball racer who uh, made the trek up to Boise, Idaho, for the Nightfire Nationals last weekend. Again, one of the longest-running big-dollar bracket races in the country. And we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about the details of what happened at Boise. But for right now, let's just focus on Brandon's performance. Brandon ran the pro class at Boise, which is the bottom bulb class or the faster of the two bottom bulb classes, as I understand it. Again, four day race. So he starts off with a win on Thursday. That's a good way to start, right? As Anthony Bertozzi once told me, daddy said, you can't win them all if you don't win the first one. (laughs) <laughs> right. Brandon Umberger took that to heart and came back Friday and won again. Not sure what happened Saturday. I'm not sure if he had a birthday party to go to or what the story was here. Brandon Umberger was not in the final of Pro Eliminator on Saturday at the Nightfire Nationals. Uh, did come back around Sunday and finish with a runner up. Oh, by the way, along the way, I believe it was Friday night, they had a Pro All Star Dash. Not exactly sure, to be completely transparent, how you qualify for that. But Brandon did and won that as well. So that's three wins and a runner-up over the course of four days at, again, one of the most prestigious events in the country against looking through the point sheet like, I'm not that familiar with the West Coast Tracers, but there was a lot of names on there that I recognized, Big Jed. Like, this was not a, a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. They do keep a four-day points tally for the Nightfire Nationals. No surprise, Brandon Umberger won the Pro Championship by a significant margin, like over 300 points, ran away with things. Mm. And just a super impressive weekend. So I think that's where we got to go. Yeah, Brandon, really cool guy. He was tired of hearing about Pontiac T-1000 talk, so he took his Chevette and just wrecked the field out there. And as you said, look, it's a talented group out there, especially in that area, that Idaho, on into Washington, Colorado, all out through there. Lots and lots of talent on the bottom bulb, and those racers were there. So congratulations to Brandon. That was a heck of a performance. Uh, You know, a lot of people performed extremely well this weekend, but I don't think anybody else on the honorable mention list ever had to wait on Funny Car to be 
finished up before they could come back out and compete in their class. Uh, so there's a, just a little added added stuff going on out there that those guys had to, to deal with and work around quite an event at Boise, as you said. And Brandon yeah, and comes out uh, with a heck of a performance. They didn't have to do it in 107-degree heat either. saw that from Boise. And that's not <laughs> yeah. like the heat index. We get big caught up on the heat index on this side of the world. That was like the actual temperature, 107 now, all my Alabama friends are going to say, yeah, but humidity is like crazy low out there. It don't matter. It's 107. Yeah, I, I knew it got cold in Idaho. I didn't realize it got that hot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. So, great job, were, Brandon. You were mentioning something earlier, Big Jet. I just kind of got a, a visual as you did this because Brandon Umberger, I met Brandon at Vegas this year. Mm-hmm. And if memory serves, like that's not a small man. Like Brandon's tall, no. yeah. six three, six four, somewhere up in that range. Yeah, somewhere in that range. And that is a Chevette. It's not a T one thousand. That's a Chevette that he's driving. That's that's a large man folded up into a small car. And he does crawl off in there and fold up just a little bit. He gets his flat bill and crawls in there and does some damage when he got cracks a, the bottom bulb. Got a little AJ Ash, Lane Ledford to him there. <laughs> yeah. Crawl off yes, in there. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So. Congrats out to Brandon. Uh, it was really cool to see. He's a, he's a good dude. So I'd like to give the West Coast some love, too. And that was a performance very worthy of the BTE Who's Hot Loop. That wasn't the only great performance of the weekend. No. Speaking of, of tall guys that got to fold themselves up into little cars, I mentioned Lane Ledford. He was last week's, I guess, co-BTE Who's Hot, along with his father, Jeff. He's one of the half dozen or so that we mentioned that could have easily uh, been been given that title again. This transitions us to the SFG event at Dragway 42, which was by far and away the richest event of the weekend. Wednesday's five grand win went to Jaden Durst. Jaden Durst, uh, congrats, Jaden. I know that that had some rain that looked like an all night deal. So, congrats to him for fighting through that. Thursday's fifteen grander. What we were getting to, Lane Ledford yet again, Big Jed. Just now within the last month. $50,000 win at the SFG race at US 131. We mentioned last week that Lane and his father both lost in the semis of the 50 grander at Stanton and then ran each other in the final of the five grander to close the weekend at Stanton. He just comes right back around, what, four days later and picks up another $15,000 triumph at Dragway 42, this time over Hank the Crank, Hank Mulligan. Yeah, unbelievable again out of lane. That's, uh, I mean, that's a run that you just don't see with today's competition, especially moving around from track to track. So that young man obviously has a very, very bright future in front of him. Uh, Luke, they transitioned from those 5K and 15K races into three $75,000 to win races where I understand the car count was really good as well. So that was uh, good to see for Kyle and AJ and the gang at SFG. Friday's 75K winner was Skylar Turner over Charlie Flanagan. So I'm sure that was a huge, huge day for Skylar. I'm not familiar with uh, his racing history, but I would imagine that's the largest paycheck that he has seen. So great job by Skylar. Saturday's 75K winner was a guy fresh off a 10K win at Keystone Raceway Park. That's Randy Shire, APD man, getting a win over old Steve Law, another tough, tough racer. So that was big for Randy. That's a 10 and a 75 back-to-back. Yeah, and I believe the 10 up at Keystone was in his dragster, this 75-grander in the little S10. So showing a little bit of versatility Mm. there. Another great candidate for this week's Who's Hot. It's... 
you know it's 2018 in this world of high-stakes bracket racing when a man can win a $10,000 race one week and a $75,000 race the next week, and he's not what everybody's talking about or not. The who's, <laughs> like it's Not to say that any of this gets swept under the rug, but these purses are so ridiculous week in and week out. But that is one heck of a feat. And to defeat Steve Law in the final, I'll give a shout-out to Steve Law. One of the nicest guys you meet at the racetrack. Steve's one of... He's from Indiana, but we call him a local here. A guy that races with us a lot. Good to see him get a big payday and go deep steve is a cool cool guy yeah it's really good and as you said steve travels around quite a bit just a genuinely good guy that everybody likes and it's great to see him go to a huge final like that obviously didn't get by randy but randy's super hot right now i'm sure steve will take it and then sunday 75k again on the line about drake cj drake uh, it says uh, in a centrifugal blower going four thirties. So pro charger, uh, right? Carl Drake Jr. For those of you that that don't know him by CJ, but yeah, so four thirties getting a seventy-five k win. That's that's huge. Got it over Greg Rose. Said Greg was driving a, a small tire six forty Mustang. So just um, that's really cool that that those guys can come out and compete on that level. And uh, obviously SFG putting on a great event and giving everybody a fair opportunity with the door car and dragster separation. You see those door cars going to big final rounds, and I'm sure that was huge for Greg, but uh, the pro-charge car of uh, Carl Drake Jr. getting that that 75K win was big for him, and I understand Carl called his shot. I think he, really? I think he told somebody before the weekend he was going to win one. I think I saw it on Facebook. said he was going to win one of those 75s. Well, he's a guy that has been fairly outspoken this year of like, how can you not go to all of these SFG races? Like, I know that they they travel a long way. They're from New York State and haven't missed one of these yet. Like, going to go to all of them. It pays too much money not to go. He's been to the split a couple of times. I think he was probably financially ahead coming into this. And then this one's obviously a needle mover. Like, this is, it's huge. You win $75,000. I assume that there's a split of some sort that's still, for most of us, I don't know if life-changing money, but definitely year-changing money. Like, that's a lot of money. And what a cool microcosm for bracket racing, that final round. You've got CJ in the 430 Pro Charger draft against a small tire Mustang on 640s. Like, that is what bracket racing is supposed to be all about, right? Yep, that's how it's supposed to work. Especially with that format, you know, a dragster mm-hmm. and a door car facing off. So, really cool for uh, Skyler, Randy, and CJ. Uh, that was, um, again, a well-attended event. And uh, congratulations to everybody. I know they had a couple of weather challenges, as you said, but it looked like they battled through them and got it all done. Well done. A little NHRA action. We'll switch gears to the NHRA ranks. It was a light weekend for NHRA competition. There were no national events. There was only one points meet. It was up in Brainerd, Minnesota, Division 5 event. But... I thought it was intriguing um, because Brainerd, this race, potentially had a big impact on the championship chases in a handful of categories. By the way, speaking of championship chases, last week we got an error. We got a goof, right? (laughs) This one's not completely my fault, though. Last week I just sung the praises of Justin Lamb, which is well-deserved. I don't care how many national events he's won. What he has done the last two years is unbelievable. Like I don't know that we'll see it again in our lifetime. And I'll still say that 
20 years from now, we may look back and say, this is the best NHRA sportsman racer we've ever seen. But what prompted that discussion last week was I saw Andre Gray Central had posted that that was his 34th national event win at Seattle. And I thought, my goodness, he's 31 years old. That was wrong. Like, I read it right. I'm just taking what Drag Race Central tells me, right? That's an authority. Um, yes, it was a, it was a, it was an error on their part. It was actually Justin's 34th final, which is impressive in and of itself. Seattle was his 23rd win. So several people, including the Lamb family, brought that to our attention. So we're sorry for the goof, but in reality, we're just sorry for paying attention to Drag Race Central. What were they thinking? <laughs> Back to Brainerd, Jeff Taylor. We talked about a couple of weeks ago and the run that he is on now in Stock Eliminator after making the final round at both of the Division 5 races at the doubleheader at Topeka, moved him into a tie for the national points lead. He was at Brainerd. He didn't win Brainerd, but he advanced to the quarterfinal round in Stock Eliminator. That was a good showing. That race counted full for him. That was his fifth divisional, so he got all the points for being there. And a quarterfinal, I guess you could look at one of two ways. A, it's a good claim. like It beats the heck out of going out first round. On the flip side, once you get to round five at a division race, like you're going to claim that. The odds of throwing out a round five out of your best five of eight are pretty slim. So when you don't win that, you just leave 30 points on the table. You know what I mean? Like you're never going to get those back. So I guess you could look at it either way. But if you, with what he's already got on his ledger, if he quarterfinaled the rest of the way out, pretty decent chance that he ends up as the world champion that win or that quarterfinal finish put him over 600 points for the season uh, alone atop the standings at this point he's got a lot of races left now we've talked about stock eliminator and how many racers at the top are having incredible seasons and how it's just going to be a dogfight and how i think it's going to take well north of 650 to win it but right now jeff taylor's probably in the best position to do just that junior loebner <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned this a week or two ago when he won at Topeka. You would just keep an eye out. JR hasn't been to any races. He's got a shot. Like, he's your dark horse title contender. With the win in Top Sportsman at Brainerd, which was his third win in the last four events, JR Loebner is no longer a dark horse. JR Loebner is probably your title favorite in Top Sportsman. Suddenly, fourth position nationally, gets this weekend's national event at Brainerd to count full. Pretty decent chance that he takes over the national points lead this season. If he keeps up what he's doing, he may not relinquish it. So, and on a side note, did you see the box score that J.R. Loebner put up at Brainerd? I didn't see the box score, but I do see the show notes. And it says his, <laughs> That'll worst, help. his worst lamp was a 15, an 015, but was the worst that he put up. So that yeah. uh, obviously had to be just flat nasty from there, especially, you know, in the top sportsmen. There's a lot happening in there, a lot of moving parts, those things. And they go really fast. So I would be white knuckled just trying to let go of the button. But JR just goes up there and does it like a champ. And as, as you said, perform crazy good lately. Yeah, that's where I was going to go with that, too. Like, it's one thing to turn it loose on time, five rounds in a row or six rounds in a row, whatever it was. It's another thing to do it knowing that you've got to go like seven, ten in a door car you know what i mean on the slow side of top sportsman and look back and judge that dude coming on you like it's pretty impressive that's some peter biondo type stuff there on the box score in a class that you don't normally see that um so yeah. kudos to jr and last uh well a couple of things from brainerd but the last one that i thought could potentially really impact the title chase devin eisenhower and that's team kevin team kmac the two guys that we just talked about by the way jeff taylor jr loebner it shows our smarts right nobody cares <laughs> 
<laughs> now, granted, in our defense, they have shot up here in the last month since we did our redraft. But yeah, they're subject to wreck all of this for us. Devin Eisenhower, on the other hand, was drafted originally back in February by Kevin McKenna in Super Gas. And he went, made the trip to Brainerd from the Indianapolis area, just not a close haul, and drove to a runner-up finish in Super Gas, which doesn't complete his divisional ledger. I think he's got two division races left, but his divisional score is strong. I believe he's been to three finals now, a win and a couple runner-ups. And in a in a Super Gas field that nationally, as I said this before, like it doesn't look like the winning score is going to be monumental. It doesn't. Nobody's just overwhelming the field. Devin's put himself in position as a young young racer, he's, which he's a very accomplished racer. He's last year's Division Three Super Gas champion. He's got as good a shot as anybody right now. He needs to get something rolling on the national side. I assume he's staying in Brainerd during the national event this weekend. I think he's got four nationals left. That'll tell the tale as to whether or not he can go all the way with this but he's definitely looking at a top five type score and again at this point in contention for a world championship yeah great performance there by Devin and team kevin again getting another uh, big point on his way to a possible victory over both of us here on yeah. our podcast so this is uh, not looking good big no, that's because, not gonna go I mean, well if there's two you can ride in right now justin lamb's gonna win super stock that's team kevin Paul Nero is going to win top track. Sure, that's Team Jed. I don't mm. have a shoe in. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I like my team. Don't get me wrong, but I can't just look at it and say, I, "I'm going to get one right there." I just, I don't, I don't know how my guys are going to pull this off. But it's not a whole lot of championships left. Uh, no, get a couple of those kind no, of. No, especially if we get Jr. and Jeff Taylor in here messing everything up. So, yeah, Luke. What about Chris Cheney? Uh, another yeah. win in Superstock. That that guy's on fire as well. Yeah, that's three wins for him in the last, what, six weeks or something like that. First one, not at Denver. Uh, he won the divisional and the national event at Denver. Went to Brainerd, won Superstock there. So you'd think, wow, three wins. Put him in the championship hunt. It would if Justin Lamb wasn't subject to put up 700 points. And, and honestly, looking at Chris's ledger, like the three wins is awesome, but the two at Denver were short-rounded and outside of the wins. It's been early exits for him, which is also funny that that's J.R. Logner too. We just talked, he's, he's got three wins beyond that. He hadn't been out of second round. So if that second round win light comes on, I guess for Chris Cheney or J.R. Logner, pack it up. It's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Yeah. Get them, get them early. If you can't get them Kansas boys early. It's hell to pay. <laughs> and to wrap up uh, Brainerd, it, I guess interesting of note that uh, Henry Wybush won top dragster and Larry Wybush won super street and Henry is Larry's uncle. So kind of a, an all Wybush family affair there getting the top dragster and super street win, keeping it in the fam. Yeah. Shout out to producer Mark for doing some research there. Cause I was going through the results and I'm like Henry Wybush, Larry Wybush. I bet those guys are related. Bet they know each other. Yeah, get on that, Mark. So Good call. Now we know. <laughs> now we know. So back to some bracket action. Boys at Loose Rocker uh, had the big event at Virginia Motorsports Park and uh, some really good performances there as well, Luke. Top ET on Saturday, which uh, I guess uh, Friday had some, maybe had some weather challenges if I remember correctly. But uh, Saturday, Flava Flav, Chad Trailer. Gets a big win. Chad with another. He's, he's had a big win earlier in the year. Another one under his belt this year. Getting a win over Terrell Sinkler. And on Saturday's Footbreak 5K, uh, Devin Dudley 
Got the win. Devin, another tough young racer from out in that area. Got the win over Austin Welch. Austin, many, many big buck champion. Many, many time big buck champion. Going to another big final round. Uh, they had the legendary 64 shootout where Holden Dial, which is, I mean, how much better does it get? If you're yeah, that's Dial. That's not a that's not a race. top ten name. Like that's the pinnacle. <laughs> Could you uh, imagine realizing, like, when you're old enough to realize that your name is Holden Dial and you're interested in going bracket racing? <laughs> Holden Dial is a perfect name for bracket racing, but Blue Hayball is always going to be the top name anywhere in the country. Holden is a very very close second, but that's Blue Hayball. No offense, Holden. Blue's my boy, but uh, this is a sportsman drag racing podcast. You're going to go against Holden Dial? Well, uh, I mean, I don't guess I'm going against him. But I <laughs> no, still far be it from you, Jed, to be against anything. right? <laughs> Jed loves everybody. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, he got the win, by the way, over Brent Martin in the legendary 64 shootout. And Sunday, stop me if you've heard this before, but the footbreak 5K winner was the same guy that won it on Saturday, Devin Dudley which was obviously a candidate for the BT who's hot. Who's and, hot alert. Who's hot alert. I mean, really, you can't say he's not the BT who's hot. Uh, Brandon Umberger got it this week, but Devin, very deserving. Tough, tough young man. Two 5Ks on the bottom in the same weekend. Got this one over Rodney Lunsford. And in top, T.G. Pascal. Oh, T.J., the, the Pascal boys, they just win. I mean, it doesn't matter what name you put first if it's Pascal. On the backside, those guys turn on wind lights and TG getting a big win over Ray Fordyce Jr. to wrap up the loose rocker event there at VMP. Another really, really good one from uh, Michael Beard and Anthony Walton. Right, let's move across the country. We teased uh, Boise in the Nightfire Nationals, and we talked about Brandon Unberger's success on the bottom up there in Boise. Again, this is one of the longest running big dollar races in the country i remember keeping up with this race when i was a kid in the early 90s i don't know how long it's been going on but it's been going on for a long time i'm still run on the long track as we mentioned earlier still running the heat it sounds like this year was unseasonably warm and just a big show accompanies this it looks like they have a huge crowd of spectators they got some nostalgia funny car action some pro mods this looks like wow. a really cool race and to be completely honest on our part having not been there there's a lot to parse through here because there's like 72 winners every single day we're gonna try to turn our focus to the bracketeer because that's the main event that's like the super pro class and kind of go through the the weekend points for all three classes the bracketeer class uh, weekend points champion was mike coltrane and that's a name that as someone that has followed the results to this specific event for a long time that's a name that's always in the mix Mike Coulter, and I, I'm confident in saying that he has won this Bracketeer Points Championship before, I would say numerous times, and I know he's been a multi-time winner of the Bracketeer category at the Nightfire Nationals. He was this year's Bracketeer Points Champion by a wide margin, um, by several rounds, as obviously was Brandon Umberger. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, he was the champion pro by a bunch. In heavy, the champion was Joe Witherspoon, not by a bunch, by one single point, one little guy over uh, Ashley Thompson that stood out to me because it was like it's not like 12 to 11 when it's one point where you'd assume that's like one round it was 588 to 587 I think so I don't even know oh. how, that, how that gets determined but that's a tough way to lose a cool way to win Joe Witherspoon was your heavy four-day points champion and in the bracketeer class let's go in reverse order here Thursday's race Mark Barnhart 
Got the win over Don Toya. I believe that was a five-grander. Friday's race, I believe, was... I think it was all fives except Saturday. I think Saturday was a $7,500 win race. I may be mistaken there. Probably should have done a little more homework. Friday was Dan Lafferty, a name that we're very familiar with. Uh, get the win over Steve Kelly, another name that we're very familiar with in the uh, in the bracketeer class. Yeah, and Ashley Thompson is Steve Kelly's daughter, so that, that family performed really well out there. Nice. Saturday, we had Dale Green get the win over Shane Thompson in the bracketeer class. And then Sunday, your points champion, Mike Coltrane, took the bracketeer title over Gordon Boven. Of, uh, what was Gordon's submission to the Duck comments earlier? Gordon Boven of... Oh. Speed bump fame. Speed bump, yes. Gordon oh, with super fine equipment, too. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Ran over several speed bumps in his – less several speed bumps in his wake on his way to the runner-up finish at Boise on Sunday. Uh, and by the way, speaking of uh, Blue Hayball, since he's always at the top of my list, he did win the Bracketeer All-Star Dash. So you my boy, Blue. Luke in the pro category, obviously, on uh, Thursday, we talked about it at length. Brandon Umberger got the win over Lisa Thomas. And on Friday, Brandon Umberger with a win over Jim Coriot. And Saturday, that was Lucas Hull getting the win over Chris Stout on the bottom. That's a, that's a good name, too, if Stout is in your – is that's your last name. And in pro on Sunday, Jake Guadagnolo – Got the win over, again, Brandon Umberger, as Brandon wrapped up a wonderful few days there in Boise. And we'll go back across the country now to Greer Dragway, Greer, South Carolina, for KB's race. Uh, KB got together with the track management there. This is home track. Says, why don't we put on something a little bit bigger than normal? It had $5,000 to win top bulb, $2,000 to win bottom bulb. Sounds like they had an excellent turnout. I think uh, like 140-ish. Yeah, um, 137 in Super Pro. Yeah. yeah, and almost 80 foot breakers as well. KB told me that they basically ran out of room. Couldn't add too many more. Didn't have room to park them. So that's always a good sign. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, the the... This is a, just a one-day deal, Saturday deal. So when you can get that many people to show up for your Saturday race, that's uh, really cool. And obviously, KB was a big part of that. As much respect as, as people have for him and belief that he will put on a great event and partnered with the great folks there at Greer Dragway, it looked like it was a, a really wonderful day for everybody. Shane Maddox got the win in Super Pro. Uh, no surprise there. Shane always showing up big. When, uh, when there's big stakes on the line, and Robert Vogler was the runner-up. Robert, another guy that performs extremely well at the big events. In foot break, my bud Brent Hyatt got the win over my bud Chad Dotson. Uh, that was probably an all-Nova final there. That was really good to see. And in junior dragster, Cade Varner got the win over Parker Dotson. So, uh, again, well-attended, great event, and uh, glad to see the folks at Greer and KB getting uh, getting great support. Yeah, you had mentioned this off air, Jed, but stuff like this should be a, a good sign to racetracks that like you can put on. You don't have to be mega events. It don't have to be a hundred thousand dollars to win. Although Byron Dragway showed us that the track could do that as well. 
stuff like this can work. I guess it's easier when you partner with somebody like KB, mm-hmm. partner with a with a racer that not only has some reputability, but also a racer that you know is going to take race promotion seriously and put on a good show like four racers, by racers, four racers, that type of idea that we've all seen at all levels of the sport. But I think and I hope that this paves the way for more of this type of event because I think that this is the direction that local racing needs to go like those purses need to come up maybe at the top the purses need to come down a little bit i don't even i don't know if i'll go that far like it's awesome to race for big money too but just in general like this stuff can work um and i think a lot of track managers track owners are a little bit skittish about doing this maybe again it makes it easier to partner with somebody that that really has a their finger on the pulse of the bracket racing community but there is opportunity to be had here without question yeah no doubt about it luke it was uh, really good to see uh, my local track holiday raceway holiday beach as we know it down here uh had a five grander this past weekend and and got uh, about 90 super pro cars as well so you know the hope seems to be where you get about 50 maybe maybe 60 and things will work out for the track obviously works out really good I hope to see plenty more of that, not only here in Alabama, but all around the country. But speaking of great local races at your local drag strip, how about the inaugural 5-7 at I-57, Luke? Uh, that was a, I loved that format. I, as I was there at the Jake Summer Door Car Shootout, when I got the flyer and one of my time trials or whenever it was, I, when I looked at it, when I got back to Motorhome, I thought, how cool is this? A five-grander and a seven-grander in one day at a great facility and i really wanted to be there but obviously had a five grander at home couldn't make it but looked like it went really well yeah it did and again i was intrigued by the format and again same same idea same thing along the lines uh, scott and i get together and put these races on and really I, I mean obviously i'm a little bit biased i think we put on a pretty good show for the racers and the spectators alike the finalists for our discussion here on the sports and drag racing podcast i think we could almost just hit rewind from the jig summer door car shootout three weeks ago with the exception of that red nova from alabama <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the 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 same faces um which yeah, i guess i guess isn't that surprising but uh, when you consider the level of competition at both of those events it's standout performances and we talked at length about jeremy mckagie who you defeated in the final round of the summer door car shootout and his track record specific to the Jake summer door car shootout but just at i-57 dragway in general i know we had mentioned there have been eight now years of the Jake summer door car shootout with his runner-up to you on saturday this year jeremy had been in six finals wow. that's pretty impressive um the beat just rolls on he won the five grander the the five portion of the five seven early saturday afternoon last weekend at i-57 got the win over brian whitworth yeah that brian whitworth of bw promotions <laughs> B double O take double O fame. And then our nightcap, the seven grander, the seven end of the five seven, was won by none other than Donnie Ellis, who listeners may remember kicked off the Jake Summer Door Car Shootout weekend with a win on the $5,000 Friday pregame. And Donnie's a guy that doesn't really race anywhere but I 57. I don't think he's been anywhere else this season. He started off the year with a runner up at their opening night. He won the five grander at the Jake Summer Door Car Shootout. He came back two weeks later and won Super Pro last Saturday night and then won the seven grander at the five seven. A pretty impressive run, heck of a season for Donnie Ellis. And what was even cooler about this race, I guess for all of us, but specifically for Donnie, is he beat his buddy and his teammate, 
Jack Camden Jr. in the final round. That was an all Ellis trucking final. And yes, that is Daddy Jack. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jeremy McKaggy. What else can you say about him? Uh, Whitworth too with a big final round there. It was great for Brian McKaggy. Brought a different car than he had the last time. Maybe had never been to I fifty seven with the Vega wagon. Uh, saw it hiking the wheels up in the air, like it was doing big wheelies and having a good time. Obviously, led him to the big five k win there. And Donnie Ellis, another BT who's hot candidate that that had to be considered. I mean, my goodness, this guy. Is on fire right now. I, I wish I could have seen Donnie pile out of the, the car and, and accept his uh, big check or rewards or whatever trophies, whatever he got, because I'm sure it was exciting. <laughs> the excitement level this time was actually around prior. Donnie had the buy at three. And when Jack won in front of him at three and he knew it was an all Ellis trucking final, that's when in Donnie's own words, it looked like there was 10 people dancing in his car. <laughs> I'm sure it was good and great to see uh, Daddy-in-law, Daddy Jack, getting it done, going to another big final round at I-57. So, uh, well done. I hope folks uh, look at the format that you had there, Luke, and, and try to do that at other facilities because, it again, it really looked cool. It was intriguing enough to me that I really thought I was going to make the six-hour ride back to I-57 for that event. And, uh, again, it didn't work out, but... I uh, would definitely attend something like that in the future if, if the schedule permits it. But well done by you and the folks at I-57, and uh, congrats to all the, the big winners that we just talked about. Luke, why don't we pay some bills at this point, and we'll come back and talk about some more stuff. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. September the 7th through the 9th, the team of Galen Rollison and Britt Cummings will bring the 10th annual Moser Great American Bracket Race back to Memphis International Raceway. The crowning race will be the $50,000 main event. Now, along with the great main event payouts, the All-State Challenge will return for the second time. Does your state have the best racers in the country? This year's All-State teams are shaping up great. Get a team together and go find out how you stack up against the other states. The out-the-gate race, that's, that's said just like it sounded, out-the-gate is back once again. They're taking 16 entrants for the $250 entry, $2,000 to win race with only reaction time and 60-foot increments giving or given, excuse me, follow Great American Bracket Races on Facebook or get a hold of Galen or Britt for more information. In addition, Jed and I are proud to partner with Bill Taylor Enterprises, that's BTE, here within the podcast. Neither Jed or I are strangers to BTE products, services, or customer service. I've personally been using BTE transmissions and converters exclusively since 1998. That's 20 years. BTE has quite literally powered every race every championship, every round that I've won for my entire adult life. My point, they build products that I depend on. 
BTE builds products that Jed depends on. BTE builds products that you can depend on. Whether it's a complete top dragster or top sportsman power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any transmission component or bolt-on item, the folks at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed in today's ultra-competitive world of sportsman drag racing. You can shop online at bteracing.com. You do the Kevin Brandon lay the smack across the land, then you do the L ride and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all in alone. Hearing them go on and on. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's what's on tap. All right, Luke, just like we just talked about, or I just talked about in the uh in the mid-roll there for the uh all-state challenge those uh, teams are starting to come together i know team illinois you've got that solidified and got your group headed to memphis to compete in the all-state challenge and uh brit galen have let us know that the other teams are coming together nicely looks like they're rolling in really good and it's going to be another strong field at the all-state challenge here at the great american bracket race yeah i'm looking at the sheet here of the 20 teams that are committed with 20 captains. Some of the fields are completely filled out. I know that it uh, looks like Peeps has put together his Texas team, possible exception of a utility driver. Like I say, definitely some openings still on the list as uh, some of the uh, team captains haven't announced their teams yet, haven't let the cat out of the bag. As you mentioned, Big Jed, Illinois, the cat is out of the bag. This was a much more democratic process than a year ago. A year ago, I pretty much said, these are my guys. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> this is how we're going to roll. Uh, this year, I put it to a vote, which a vote on this something like this is a little bit tricky. It tends to turn into a popularity contest, but I am really happy with the team that we are going to send to Memphis this year. These are all super deserving competitors, and I think, I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit biased, Big Jed. I think we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. The land of Lincoln is going to make some noise in the land of Elvis. Our team, Team Illinois, top bulb dragster, some guy named Luke Bogacki. I uh, can't believe he won the vote. Joe Davis is our top bulb door car representative. Joe is a racer from my area here, I-57 regular. He's won uh, one of, if not the, biggest paydays in I-57 drag strip history. Super capable. He's got a nice little S10 truck that he was bragging on last weekend at the 5.7. I think he's got it working great. He's going to be forced to be reckoned with. Brett Williamson is a return member to our team. He was our no-box representative last year, advanced to the semifinals in the, All-Star, in the All-State race. Brett will be back, as will. The beautiful, the lovely Jessica Bogacki. She'll be our female representative once again. She, just like Brett, made it to the semifinals in the All-State event last year. Our 990 rep, B. Folk. Our stock super stock rep, Nick Folk. And our utility driver this year, Mitchell Vincent. So Mitchell will be hitting the top, the bottom, driving to half track, driving to the long track, driving to the middle. He's going to do it all for Team Illinois. Mitch Vincent is our utility driver. I'm looking forward to it, Big Jed. Uh, We are, what, three weeks removed from trip to Memphis? Yeah, it's coming up quickly. Obviously, the Alabama Slammers just didn't come together. We've talked about that. It's just a shame. Didn't get any uh, super gas or stalkers that were interested in joining the team, only because we don't have those in Alabama. So it was going to be a challenge from the get-go and just didn't work out. But uh, wishing you guys luck. You know what the problem is, Big Jed? What is it? Those are classes that are typically contested on the full quarter mile. You guys don't do that in Alabama. Uh, you'd have to race to the shutdown area here to try to get a quarter mile out of your car. So that would not be a good idea as there's not much left after that. So 
Um, but again, for a team that you didn't just cherry pick Luke uh, in Illinois, that you allowed the voting system to work to build the team, that was that's a heck of an assembly there. That's that's going to be a stout team. There's going to be a lot of stout teams. It's still going to be exciting without the Alabama Slammers. So, guys, get your teams together. Get your state represented in the All-State Challenge. It's uh, really something special to be a part of. Luke, there's a lot more on tap for this weekend, just like always. Speaking of great local events at your local drag strip, uh, Beaver Big Bucks Blast at Beaver Springs Drag uh, being put on Jason Weaver and some guys coming together there with uh, Beaver Bob to have a great event August 17th through the 19th. The New Media 150 at New Media Dragway in the hills of Pennsylvania will happen also the 17th through the 19th. Domino family putting that together. Over on the IHRA side, the IHRA Sportsman Spectacular at US 131 Motorsports Park in Martin, Michigan will happen the 17th through the 19th. And we've spoken at length about how great that program is. You guys at Michigan have been putting up big fields at the races that have come to your area. This one should be no different. Make sure you get signed up and participate in the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular. Uh, that'll be a, a, another great event. Hopefully they get some good weather this time like they've been getting the 17th to the 19th on the NHRA side, Division One event uh, at Lucas Oil Race at Cecil County Dragway, Rising Sun, Maryland. I've been there. It's a really cool place. Guys, go enjoy that. Division Six has their uh, event at Pacific Raceways in Kent, Washington, I guess uh, right around the Seattle area. And the uh, big boys are going to Brainerd, Minnesota. The zoo will be in full force. The uh, Lucas Oil NHRA Nationals, the 16th to the 19th this coming weekend for all the NHRA racers. So a lot of stuff on tap. Go out and enjoy some of these events or your local drag strip, whatever the case may be. And hopefully all, you, all of you have an awesome weekend. Yeah, and this who's hot, uh, not who's hot, Big J, we did that like an hour ago. This what's on tap segment of the show uh, in addition to outlining some of the upcoming races for um, the the weekend to come we also use this portion of the show to talk about some of the new things that we have going on here on the sportsman drag racing podcast and we've got a new segment that we want to roll out here i think we're gonna have a little bit of fun with this it's more listeners this is more on your shoulders than it is on ours we're going to call this the racer confidential series and what this is for let me just let me just spill the beans here. All right, I, I, this isn't an original idea. Most of my ideas are not. Um, I'm a follower, um, but there's a podcast that I listen to. You guys know I'm a big college basketball fan, right? There's a podcast that I listen to in which they feature um, stories from basketball managers, like Division One managers, and if you can imagine, like the behind the scenes manager stories, they're pretty entertaining. But to keep anybody from getting in trouble. Part of the guidelines for if you're going to tell a story on the the manager chat or whatever they call it is everything remains anonymous. So we don't use any player names. We don't use any coaches names. We don't use any institution names. I thought, ooh, ooh, we could get some juicy stuff here on the Sports and Drag Racing podcast <laughs> because most of us have some dirt um, on our buddies, on ourselves that, you know, like they wouldn't might not necessarily want their name attached to. 
right? <laughs> this is an opportunity to tell that story. So I think it'll be fun, A, it'll be entertaining, B. Um, it will require almost no prep for us, Jed, which is cool, right? We yes, just read, we just read the emails. Um, so message us on the Sports from Drag Racing podcast page. If you want to include names and, and, and facilities or whatever, like, I guess you can. We're not going to read them on the air. We're going to make it anonymous. Uh, but if you want to let us know, like, so-and-so did this, like, that's cool. Um, but it will be the racer confidential. So all this will remain anonymous uh, as we as we broadcast on the podcast. And, Jed, to lead things off, um, I challenged you, you challenged me to come up with um, some stories of our own that we could share to kind of lay the template, you know, to show people this is how we're going to tell these stories without yeah. naming names. Um, so do, do you want to lead this off or do you want me to or where do you want to go here? Well, I'd be happy to to do mine. Mine's fairly short, and uh, I think yours would be a great way to wrap us up. But um, I'll I'll be glad to to tell my story, if you will. It's not really my story, but it is a story. Okay, I I like that. So um, I I guess to to preface this a little bit. Don't um, give it away. Anonymous, Jed. Anonymous. I'll try not to. Uh, So there was – there was a race. It was a it was a fairly large race um, held at a premier facility in um, in the South area. I, I think that's kind of general enough. So, but this facility has been known to throw the racer a curveball or two in terms of. I guess prep or uh, maybe just overall traction uh being optimal those type things and maybe there's a couple of areas a couple of areas uh, at the track that that just cause racers a little bit of grief so that this big event was taking place and it was going on it was it was going about like it's supposed to go um you know things were going fairly well but there were some racers experiencing some challenges or two if you will so this particular racer had an issue on the racetrack, uh, maybe two to three rounds in uh, succession, and uh, had been known to maybe voice his opinion uh, a different way than, than some others choose to at times. And the promoter of the event was somebody that doesn't typically get upset or uh, let their emotions get away from them they're, they've kind of got a, an odd style where they're just kind of laid back and soak it all in and listen and so the angry racer goes to the tower and just lays into him pretty good lays into the promoter pretty good you know this this is ridiculous this place is terrible i can't get down the track uh, i mean i don't know why we're here and the promoter. I, I assume this is the G-rated version of the story. Well, it is, and it, you know I could tell it the way it was done, but it would probably be shut down, which might make some listeners happy. But nonetheless, um, he's letting him have it pretty good. And the promoter, again, fairly laid-back gentleman, is taking it all in. And as he's discussing the traction issues and a couple of other challenges that that's happening. You know, they don't know what they're doing in the staging lanes. And the promoter says, well, you know, we knew this place didn't have very good traction. And we knew that the staff didn't handle things very well. We've been knowing that every time we've ever been here. We've been here a lot together. 
We've talked about it, and you still came. So how are you going to come up here fussing about it? Well, obviously, the promoter telling the racer, this was a known problem, and, you know, we just need to make the best of it. He actually told him, you know, you need to learn to hold a little bit and, and drive better. Well, that did not go very well for said racer. Um, obviously he That's was not already... in the handbook. That's not in the handbook <laughs> of what you tell uh, aggravated racer, right? No, then this promoter and the racer, you know, or I won't, wouldn't say friends, but they're acquaintances. So they, they know each other well. And the, the racer is just steadily boiling. And, and then he gets told, you knew this was a piece of crap, you know, surface or whatever. Why are you even here? Because we all knew that was going to happen. Change your driving style, get better, whatever. So said racer proposes something to the promoter at that point that really wasn't physically possible. And he let him know it. The promoter let him know it. So he said, i tell you what you can do. You can take all these cars trucks and trailers and this whole track and shove them up your blank and the promoter took the information took the proposal thought about it for about a split second and said look at out there he said just look out there right now look at all those cars and trucks and trailers look how big this track is he said do you really think i could fit all that in my blank and that was the icing on the cake. <laughs> the racer steamed over, ran hot, smoke out of the ears, <laughs> stormed out of the tower, and did not attend another event that that promoter put on until the next one that he put on. He was right there at the front <laughs> of the line. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jed, I, I, I don't know if I left you on an island there. I had to mute it um, about the way that you started to frame that. Uh, because I, I couldn't hold it in anymore. That's an epic story that I've heard <laughs> numerous times. And I, <laughs> were you there? Like, were you in the room? Oh, yeah. No, I was oh. not in the room. No, okay. I was not in the room. No, I, I was at the facility. I, I wasn't in the room. But it's one of those things, like, are you like me in this? Because you've heard it several times. And you've heard it from the perspective of maybe both of the, the, the people involved. And we obviously know them. So, like, you, you can just picture the facial expressions, the tone of voice, everything on both sides, right? And over time, like, I just feel like I was there. You know what I mean? I've told this story probably a dozen times over the course of my racing career, and, and I just tell it in first person because it's easier. But it makes me think, like, I'm pretty sure I wasn't in the room, but I feel like I was there. <laughs> I was not in the room, but I was outside in the pits, and said racer came out and was gathering things up about as fast as you can. I'm not sure he even put straps on anything. And I'm like, what's going on? He said, would you believe that that SOB said this? And I, you know, I don't think I laughed at the time because he was so mad, but I thought, <laughs> man, how awesome was that? That was such a great response. I mean, that's really just putting it in perspective. There's no way I can get all that in my derriere. It's not possible. So I, I thought that was an awesome response, and, and I, it's like I was there, yeah, like you said. It's one way to diffuse the situation with that question. Um, I don't think <laughs> I can hold a candle to that. I should have just gone first. Um, I can't beat that, Jed. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can. No, no, I can't. Um, okay, so here's my, here's my effort. 
So a buddy of mine and I go to uh, a bracket race. It's kind of similar situation, really. We're at a uh, we go to a, a bracket a bracket race at a track that isn't known for having big bracket races, um, and is known for like enforcing the rules um, safety wise. Which, like, hey, I'm just telling a story here. Like, we've been down this road before. <laughs> Everybody uh, relax. I, I'm not condoning not following the rules safety-wise. Just keep in mind, like, me and my buddy at the time came from an area where that was not common, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm racing a drag for my buddies in a, in a door car. And my buddy is, like, right on the, the 640 brake, the, the cutoff. And, you know, where 639 faster, you're supposed to wear all the stuff. And uh, sure. six forty slower, you don't have to worry about it. And he's in an older; it's either it's pretty rough car, but I'm pretty sure like the car would certify. It, I, I doubt that it had a valid chassis certification on it at the time, but like, it wasn't a completely unsafe car to yeah. be, to go that speed. Um, but you know, like we, I'm running a dragster somewhere and all my stuff as it is. But my buddy is jeans and a jacket and racing, right? And first round of. Super Pro, he goes, I think his opponent goes red, and he's dialed 641 or something, and he goes 639. And they pull him over at the end of the track and said, hey, where's your neck collar? Where's your gloves? And he's like, oh, man, I never even thought about it. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll wear all that next time, right? So he goes back to the trailer, tells me, he's like, man, they're really, they're, they're actually enforcing this stuff. Like, uh, I, I got all that stuff. I guess I should wear it. I'm like, okay. And it's hot, and he thinks about it, and he's like, you know, I'll just dial 640. Like, I don't want to put all that junk on, right? Okay. So, again, not condoning that, but I'm just telling a story. So, um, we roll on through the race, and it's probably fourth or fifth round of this race, and I, it's like a five-grander. And um, he hooks an opponent, like, super fast, 460 car. And he turns to me, and he's like, man, I, I can go 638. Like, I'd really just assume dial that. I'm like, well, dial 638. Whatever. I go back to my car. Well... <laughs> They uh, pull up a little bit in line, and probably five pairs in front of them, uh, a racer and a dragster, a, a well-known racer. Like, if I mention the name, this is this is the racer confidential, so I'm not. Um, but if I mention the name, you would know him. A uh, well-known racer doesn't get a warning, doesn't get a reprimand, gets thrown out of the race. Like, fourth or fifth round of the five-grander for not having arm restraints. Out. Mm. Okay? So my buddy's like, whoa, they are serious about this. Like, I don't need a dial 638. Right, so he wipes that off, dial 640, because at that point he don't have time to go back and get his gloves. Right, 640, I'll just kill 200s. So goes Sound out simple. There, does his burnout, rolls up, pre-stages, kicks the door open, he's fanning the door, and uh, waiting for his opponent and the dragster to back up, and um, slams the door back. And as he's kind of looking at the tree, you know, waiting for his opponent to pre-stage, door slide, swings open, and it's one of the starting line officials. Peers down in the car and says, yep, you're out. And my buddy shuts the car off and he goes, whoa, what for? No gloves, no neck collar. You're out. He's like, I'm dialed 640. Yep, that's the break. Now my buddy's irate. He's, 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 he's a guy, and again, I'm telling his side of the story, but he goes, look, man, if you're going to enforce the rules, you need to know them. 639 is the break. And at this point, the starting line official just kind of steps back, puts both hands up, and goes, whatever. It's like, whatever. So he looks back at the tree, and his opponent has staged. Keep in mind, all of this happened with his car off pre-staged. So he, oh, in a panic, slams the door, fires it up, pulls it in a low gear, dive bombs in, staged. 
tree comes on, he takes off. His opponent's late, shuts down, he wins. Right? I have no idea any of this has happened, right? Sitting in the trailer, he comes back. My buddy is, as Gary Williams would say, madder than a one-whiskered catfish, right? I mean, just livid. <laughs> Making a beeline to the tower. I can't even get the whole story out of him. He's mad, headed to the tower. And he won. He goes up there, he says, this is BS. Get the rule book out. Like, you don't open my door when I'm pre-stage fifth round of a five-grander. Like, if you want to throw me out, throw me out. But I ain't doing nothing wrong, you know? And he, so I, I'm like worried that he's going to burn the tower down. So I am up there at this point, witnessing this part of it, right? Yeah. And he's on and on and on, and and uh, telling the the promoter and the track officials this and that. And he's won, like he won the round. Everything's good. Well, about this time when he starts to calm down, here comes the driver of the dragster that was in the other lane, and we're both completely oblivious to what was happening in the other lane. The reason that the driver in the other lane staged was because the starting line officials told him that he had a competition single. Mm. That's why he didn't hit the tree so well when my buddy dive-bombed in and staged himself. So we listened to all this, and I look at my buddy and I'm like, Ooh, what do we do now? And my buddy just point-blank looks at the promoter and goes, all right, I won. I'm not rerunning. That dude's got a legitimate complaint. I don't know what you're going to do with him. And he walked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I don't blame him there. It gets better <laughs> because my buddy, <clears throat> I don't, don't want to say he's a little bit of a hothead, but he's going to prove his point, right? He goes back to the trailer, and between the two of us, we've got everything that he needs and more. So by the time this was, like I said, fourth or fifth round, let's say it was fifth round. By the time that my buddy rolls up to staging for round six, he has on a full five-layer jacket, gloves, Arm restraints, window net is up, pants, driving shoes, five-layer shoes, full-face helmet, shield down. I mean, everything that you could possibly imagine. Overkill. I think I think we had a Hans device. He's got it on. Okay. <laughs> he could so have top fuel. Yes, bundled up in this thing, and he does his burnout for the next round of competition, rolls up behind the pre-stage and kicks the door open and flags over the same starting line attendant. Hey! Runs over there. Now he's dialed 639 this time. Guy runs over. What is it, son? I just want you to make sure that I got enough bleep on to go 639. <laughs> now, thankfully, as I said, to start the story, um, the starting line attendant didn't check the chassis sticker because I'm pretty sure it was out of date. Uh, but he just gave him the thumbs up. Said, you're good, son. <laughs> all's well that ends well all's well that ends well i think he lost that round but i was gonna say how did it, how did it turn out on the race for him oh i wish it had a better ending <laughs> <laughs> that is good stuff right there all right racer confident you got you guys can better our stories i'm sure although i don't know if you can better the shove this whole racetrack up here where the sun don't shine that's a pretty good one um but he told him to get the cars and, and everything like <laughs> he might could have got some of the racetrack in there, but no way he would have got all those rigs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's too much of a visual, Jed. Um, send us in your stories. Submit them via email. Um, submit them via the uh, messenger on the Facebook uh, Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. Um, you can DM us on Twitter, whatever. Get us these stories. Uh, Try not to name names. If you want to name names, we're going to edit them out and tell the stories anonymously. Racer Confidential. Let's have some fun with this.
Yeah. And if, uh, if it, this comes around again and y'all don't have submissions, I've got another one. It's, it's really good. <laughs> so, all right, well, uh, we've got content for next week. Yeah. I'll, I'm, I'm ready to tell it anytime. So, <laughs> All right, guys, that wraps us up. This episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast is coming to a close. want to say thanks to our great sponsors, uh, the IHRA, Summit Sportsman Spectacular, uh, BTE, This is Bracket Racing Elite, and the Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge. And again, one of my favorite parts of the show right here is shout-out time. All right. Um First, foremost, let's shout out Mrs. Knight. That's Gary's kindergarten teacher. Shout out to little, little man Gary. Today was the first day of kindergarten. It went way better than I expected. He oh. Actually, he came out of school and said, I said, what would you think, buddy? I actually kind of liked it. Like, oh, <laughs> score, right? All right. <laughs> yes. So shout out to Mrs. Knight. Shout out to the Y-Bushes. That's Henry and Larry. And apparently they are uh, uncle and nephew. So way to go. But shout out to producer Mark for doing the uh, the private investigation there. Shout out to Brandon Umberger and his Chevette. And Chevette's everywhere. And T-1000s yes. for that matter. Shout out to big guys <laughs> in little cars. Um, shout out to Holden Dial and Blue Hayball, the, the two, without question, best names in sportsman drag racing. Yes. Shout out to 10 People Dancing in Donnie Ellis' car or anywhere else for that matter. Um, shout out to Daddy Jack and Flava Flav. Shout out to centri- Centrifugal Blowers. Shout out to Pro Chargers. Shout out to all that good stuff. Um, shout out to uh, racetracks, trailers, vehicles, and events. Where yes. the sun don't shine. And the proctologists that remove them. <laughs> uh, I had one or two more. I'm going to cut it off there. That's good stuff. <laughs> and shout out to you, the listeners. Guys, be sure to tell us what you think. Message us right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. You can send us a private message right there, or you can post something right on the page. Let us know what you think. Whether we're doing good, doing bad, we need your feedback. You know, it's it's great to hear at the races, hey, things are uh, really cool. We like the podcast. We like the way you guys do it. But put something out there on our Facebook page. Send us a message if you got show ideas, whatever you think. Or you can at either Luke or myself on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. And I am at JP11X. I've done a poor job of checking that lately. So I'm going to get on Twitter tonight and see what's happening. I get to go to st louis i fly out in the morning i will get to sit in a skybox and watch the cardinals and the nationals play so i'm going to have a great week i hope each and every one of you guys have a great week as well and we'll talk to you again next week nice racer confidential get them coming in let's make this a regular uh, segment on the sportsman drag racing podcast let's have some fun with it banging on the door bump 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 until i get it in attitude like i am already winning it foot breaking in Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect. Led by knowledgeable instructors and 
surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elitist for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.